Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this is a bookin brought to you by Explore Booksellers, Aspen, Colorado's trusted community bookstore. Wherever you are in the world, it is always good to explore. My guest today is Christy Alexander Hallberg. She teaches literature and writing online at East Carolina University, and she serves as the Senior Associate Editor of North Carolina Literary Review. Her new book is Searching for Jimmy Page, which is published by our friends at Livingston Press at the University of West Alabama. Christy, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. It is an honor to have you here. And Christy, first, I'm hoping you can tell us about Livingston Press and how you got connected with those folks in West Alabama. Well, it was kind of a long process. Um, this book was out looking for a home for a while. And I, I finally came across them online. And by then, every time I would send it out and it would get rejected, I take a look at it again and revise it again. So by the time I got it to Livingston, it, it was in much better shape than it had been in when I first started sending it out. And um, Joe at Livingston is just wonderful to work with and he liked it from the start and accepted it. So there we are. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Um, you dedicate this book to your mother, who you say loved cashmere and immigrant song and helped you decorate your bedroom walls with Led Zeppelin posters when you were a teenager. Chuck Klosterman and others have written about Led Zeppelin fandom as sort of a rite of passage mm. for a certain demographic. Uh, what did Led Zeppelin mean to you when you were a teenager, Christy? And why do you think Led Zeppelin's music still carries so much resonance today, especially for folks who are navigating their teenage years? Well, for me, I, I grew up in Greenville, North Carolina, and this was, I was born in 1969, and I came across Led Zeppelin in 1985, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'd always heard their music because my older brother, Steve, who's 10 years older, used to play drums in various rock bands in my hometown, and he loved John Bonham, the drummer for Led Zeppelin. So I'd always been exposed to their music, but I, I really got into them when I was 15, and I was coming home from church with my mother and of all places and walked into the living room and Steve was watching the Led Zeppelin concert movie. The song remains the same on MTV. Mm. And I was immediately struck by the music, but also the image of Jimmy Page because he was such um, he was so ethereal but also very mysterious looking. I remember in that movie, he was wearing this black outfit with all of these astrological signs on it. And it was fascinating to this young girl who didn't feel like she quite fit in, mm -hmm. in this small, small Southern town that was very conservative. So I was just interested in, in different things and they encapsulated that. They just, the music is fantastic. This is getting into the second part of your question. Mm -hmm. The music, stands the test of time because it is so good but there's also that mystique that goes with that band that mm -hmm. has followed them and they they nurtured and cultivated throughout their career and it, it just appeals to a kid who's maybe looking for something more than what's offered in pleasant valley sunday america yeah absolutely thank you so much christy uh the first section of your book 
is titled Four Sticks. Uh, as I was preparing for this interview, I had Four Sticks playing on repeat uh, on my computer. Uh, why Four Sticks? And in the movie adaptation of your novel, is this the song that is playing during the opening credits? I, I like your thinking. Cameron Crowe, if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> um, that song is so atmospheric. It, it's so rich with, with imagery. And there, there's so much different kinds of energy going on in that song. There's, it's that juggernaut of a guitar in that, and the drums are such a kind of a forceful masculine energy. And then it, you juxtapose that with this more feminine flowing sort of waterfall sounds. So there's, there's just so much going on in that song that appealed to me visually um, and as somebody who is into literature, I, I just thought there was so much to work with. So it was the perfect song for me to use as a motif in my own work. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, would you like to take a moment here, uh, Christy, to set this novel, Searching for Jimmy Page, up for our listeners? Sure. Set primarily in the winter of 1988, Searching for Jimmy Page follows 18-year-old Luna Kane as she journeys from her family's farm in the pines of eastern North Carolina to the UK to hopefully solve the mystery that her free-spirited dead mother Claudia set in motion when Luna was a child. Is Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page her father? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I want to talk about omens, Christy. Does an owl in the house really mean that death is coming? Uh, what do you think about omens of this nature? Do you believe in them? No, I don't believe in them, but I like playing with them. I find them fascinating. I mean, they're such a part of, of our, our culture, this kind of folklore, especially Southern folklore. And, and yeah, I mean, that is one of one of the, the um, elements of, of the folklore of the owls and owl in the house means death's coming, but it means a lot of other stuff too. I mean, owls are sort of representative of the feminine and ancient Christians associated the owl with Lilith, Adam's first wife. Mm -hmm. And then some Native Americans associate it with, with death, but some consider it, um, they associate it with prophecy or protection. So there are a lot of things that go along with the mythology of the owl. And, and I, I liked playing with that. Nice. Thank you so much, Christy. Um, there are several mentions, speaking of references, of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz in this novel. Um, what does the Wizard of Oz have to do with searching for Jimmy Page? Well, so much of this book is about blurring the lines between fact and fantasy. Mm -hmm. And Luna lives in, in that kind of liminal space. And, and she gets this from her mother, Claudia. They both use art and myth to navigate their world and, and to cultivate their own personal narratives. So what better blending than the Wizard of Oz is there? Because Dorothy, we find out at the end, never left Kansas. It, all of this happened in, in her dreams. So I just thought that that was a, a great movie to reference because I was using those kinds of themes and motifs. Yeah, for sure. And normally when I think of um, classic rock, I'm tying the Wizard of Oz in with Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, that, what's that saying that if you, if you play Dark Side of the Moon and you start the Wizard of Oz after the second lion's roar, mm -hmm. I think, then it yeah. matches up. I've done that before and it, it's, mm -hmm. it's 
really strange how closely it does match up. Yeah, it sure is for like two and a half uh, cycles of the album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you, Christy. Listeners, we're going to take a short break here for a word from our sponsor. And then I will be right back with Christy Alexander Hallberg. Bookend Podcast is brought to you by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM allows you to buy audiobooks directly through your favorite local independent bookstore like Explore Booksellers. You continue to put money back into your local economy and help local bookstores thrive. Please navigate to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN, that's B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space to get one free audiobook support your local independent bookstores in the process i'm back with christy alexander hallberg author of searching for jimmy page which is published by our friends at livington press at the university of west alabama christy what in your opinion makes jimmy page such a magical guitar player Wow. I I think he's an emotional guitar player more than, say, somebody like um, Steve Vai, who not not to say that he doesn't play with passion as well, but Mm -hmm. Jimmy is less concerned with technique than emotion. And Mm -hmm. and I I think anybody who's listened to him, especially if you hear him live, he can get a little sloppy. But there's there's such passion and emotion in what he's doing that it's I'd rather listen to that than somebody who's technically perfect. And I just think he's brilliant. He's a great riff master. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite Led Zeppelin album? The fourth. I know that's pretty meat and potatoes, but that that's always been my favorite. But I really love them all. Yeah. Um, do you think that Led Zeppelin would have uh, continued being a band for longer um, had Jimmy Page not kind of developed a drug habit and, and John Bonham not hit the party scene so hard? I think they did what they needed to do. I can't see them going into the 80s. They were hmm. the quintessential 70s band. And I've always respected that they didn't continue with another drummer after John Bonham died in 1980. Yeah. For sure. Other than the occasional uh, reunion show with Jason, right. and John's son. Um, have you ever met Jimmy Page or anyone else from Led Zeppelin? No, I have chased Jimmy Page down the hall at the Hammersmith Palais in London and, and spoken to him, but I've not officially met him. Yeah. Um, so I used to be a uh, manager at a Borders bookstore in Union Square in San Francisco. And um, one weekend, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss were playing at the uh, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in Golden Gate Park. And so Robert Plant comes walking into my store. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, there were, you know, a bunch of younger folks uh, working for me who not, didn't necessarily know Led Zeppelin by sight anyway. And mm. Robert Plant walks up to um, one of my colleagues who I've made fun of for for years since this happened and says oh I'm looking for this certain type of pen do you have any of them and she like looks at him and rolls her eyes and says <gasps> oh no everything we have is what's out on the floor <laughs> and I do oh my gosh they can look back and forth and I was like hold on for a second sir let me go find you this pen um so good I for you <laughs> got one out of storage and gave it to him and I said how was the hardly strictly bluegrass festival of course I had him sign something for me mm-hmm. and he said 
oh, it was such a great show. By the third song, there was so much marijuana smoke in the air. I had to get my publicist to go get me a sandwich. <laughs> so that was my brush with Robert Plant, but he was a very charming guy. And his album that he put out last year with Alison Krauss, by the way, the second one they've done was very, 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 very good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great story. Yeah, for sure. It was a fun time. So, um, Christy, your protagonist calls Jimmy Page a god. Why is Jimmy Page a god? She also calls him a sainted sinner. And Uh that to me is is the crux of his role in this book. It's I I like the duality that I see in Jimmy Page of of both kind of the sacred and the profane. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a an otherworldly, well, when he was young, this otherworldly, as I said earlier, ethereal look about him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost, it's almost this sacred pre-Raphaelite looking figure. And, and yet there's, there's, he's got such a reputation for being into all kinds of, of dark stuff. So I, I just always have found that intersection between what some people decide to call holy and some people decide to call profane fascinating i mean who gets to make those calls and you know and how do when they come together what's the effect and of course there's a you know there's a a darkness associated with rock and roll Mm. so all he just sort of encapsulates all of that yeah, thank you. Um, speaking of God and gods, you talk about the book Hammer of the Gods, or you write about it in this book. Uh, this is sort of an infamous book, Hammer of the Gods, as far as rock and roll biographies are concerned. Uh, can you tell our listeners who may be unfamiliar about Hammer of the Gods and how this book colored the public perception of who Led Zeppelin was? Yeah, infamous is a good way to put that. It's um, Stephen Davis's much maligned biography of the book, and he relied pretty heavily on interviews with people who maybe provided less than whole truths. Mm-hmm. I think Led Zeppelin's road manager from the 70s, Richard Cole, who, who passed away not too long ago, um, was still having drug problems and money issues and quite readily offered his his take on his history with the band or the history of the band. And so it was, it was a book that was salacious and really emphasized their bad reputation as a touring band in the seventies and emphasized dalliances with groupies and on and on. And, and, and that was, I think one of the first biographies that came out about the band um, and I, I guess this was 1985, and I remember reading it in 1985, and that was really my because once I once I saw the song remains the same, I, I just dove head first into the, all things Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and so that was an obvious thing to read. We didn't have internet then, so I couldn't look up all kinds of other things about them. So that was really everybody's Bible on Led Zeppelin, which is very unfortunate mm. because it, it really doesn't tell the whole story. Right. And there have, of course, since then been several Led Zeppelin. Um, by yeah, others. a lot. Yeah. Have a whole industry based around them. Right. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Who, in your opinion, Christy, has had the best uh, post-Zepp career of the three surviving members? I, Robert Plant, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really have to think about that when he's and you know, even if you don't like his stuff, the mm-hmm. fact that he has branched out into so many different areas and been fearless about it, I really admire. Yeah, I do too. And I think John Paul Jones flies under the radar of a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's not the singer. He's not up front. So, but he's done so much as well. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, a lot of production work and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Well, um, thank you. Finally, Christy, uh, you learn about these stories where a person finds out that some rock and roll superstar was their father. Uh, Liv Tyler comes to mind. There are many more stories like this. Uh, How many people, Christy, do you think are out there in the world imagining their secret long lost relatives are rock and roll gods? Oh, a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, isn't that the fantasy of, of every kid that, especially after you've been grounded for a week you know, for smoking pot or doing whatever. My parents are really cool and they're, they're out there someplace. My parents are probably rock stars or something along those lines. Yeah. I think that fantasy is alive and well, and always has been. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you ever imagine that your parents were uh, rock and roll? Super- <laughs> no, <laughs> now I may have wanted them to be at times, but no. Yeah, excellent. Well, good for you. Well, thank you, Christy. And thank you for writing this wonderful novel. Um, Listeners, I really recommend that you pick it up, whether you're a fan of Led Zeppelin or a fan of music or not. The story is fantastic. The writing is great. And it's a book that I will be recommending to a lot of people going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you for writing it, Christy. I've been speaking with Christy Alexander Hallberg, author of Searching for Jimmy Page, which is published by our friends at Livingston Press at the University of West Alabama. Christy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Once again, I would like to thank Christy Alexander Hallberg for joining me. Copies of Searching for Jimmy Page can be ordered from www explorebooksellers.com I would also like to thank our sponsor Libro FM Audiobooks please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN that's B-O-O-K-I-N in the promo code space to get one free audiobook and support your favorite local independent bookstore in the process my name is Jason Jeffries and this has been BOOKIN